Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest. This is Come Out of Her, My People, March 13th, 2017. And a little earlier, Ra'amya, our liaison, called me and said, Brother Priest, I just met this Persian Iranian, and he told me that he knows who we are and that he's required to know that his bloodline is ancient and pure and he's required to know. And he said that this guy told him that Negroes in America are Judah. That is the word that he used Judah as far as how Ramiyad translated it over to me. I immediately went on to recording to try and get a fresh account like it had just taken place. And uh, I did record it. We'll be releasing that. And although that is not the topic of today, I want to bring that up first because that is very, very significant. Brother EK, Brother Andrew, and Brother Lynn are here again with me today. Brother E.K., you mentioned something pertaining to Persians in captivity. Can you share that again with the listening audience? Sir, shalom, brother. Thank you for that. Yeah, um, in the book of uh, Ezra, um, so Ezra was like, you know, he was working in the Persian government, at the time, to King, uh, uh, forgive me how I mispronounced uh, pronounced the king's name, Artaxerxes, something like that. And um, there was a point where the king had made a decree that Ezra go and rebuild, you know, basically the temple of the God at which he serves, and that you should set judges magistrates, and that you should teach the children of Israel the statutes and the ordinances of the Most High God Almighty that you serve. And so when this was basically giving him, you know, notice, or at least it was giving him, you know, it was basically showing like how, cause this is when there was in Babylonian captivity, the Israelites. And so what happened is, you know, it shows once our bond servitude was up, and this has happened all throughout Scripture, when once our bond servitude is up, we are required to go govern ourselves. And even all the nations on the planet know this, that we are required to go govern ourselves. That when the king was telling this to Ezra, 
that there should be no interference when you're doing this work, that if any assistance is required, you let us know and such and such, right? And so it goes to show you that when we wake up to this truth and decide to go govern ourselves, we're able to not only do it without interference, but other nations actually have to yield in us doing it. Well, granted, there'll be some opposition, but nevertheless, holistically speaking, we're required to do it, and nations will actually honor that. And so as our dear brother Rahamia is here getting notice from someone who's Persian-Iranian that he, in fact, is a Judite, that it just speaks volumes of the times that we're in, because now here we are where our bond servitude has been lifted, and now we're on this path to restore this kingdom, and now another nation who happened to know that my, our brother Varanya is a Judite speaks high volumes as to how serious this matter is. And, and, and that just shows you, like, you know, the kingdom of the Most High is at hand, and that everyone is starting to take notice of that. And being as though... You know, we've been charged to do this work, and our dear liaison has been notified of this. It just shows that, you know, it, it's really that time to, to, to do this work, and with that, I yield. Brother Andrew, what do you have to say? Uh, yes. yes, sir. Excuse me about that. Yes. Uh, our brother uh, Rana, he he he's always have he's always had a spirit where good people always want to conduct conversations with him. And this day, his 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 splendor was most definitely uh, shining to attract that that Iranian Persian man speaking. And in the truth that that man was compelled to speak of, it's evident to see that it's a wonderful thing to hear that the brother himself was able to hear those words from a man who makes mention that he's a Persian, uh, a Persian Iranian that is required to know of the bloodline of the chosen people of the Most High that are supposed to be and that are destined to be the lawgivers, the lawgivers unto this planet Earth. And as this nation is showing the world that we are the lawgivers, the, the Judahite tribe is the one that is having the notice from the words of that brother to go forth and show the world what is the purpose of the Most High, what is his duty, excuse me, what is his, expect, his expectations are. Now, one thing that kind of stuck out to me is when the brother uh, Liam was, ma- uh, excuse me, the brother E.K. was making mention that Israel was uh, given that permission to go back and rebuild the temple, and the thing that the thing that 
the thing that's so uh um um like uh mind boggling is for the fact that the nation was acquired to repatriate repatriate back onto that that place to rebuild that government and that government was supposed to continuously reign with the kingdom that was set so that that kingdom can then do the duties of the most high now it's a wonderful thing for you know that's a blessing that itself is that itself is even classified as a miracle because in this day and time the brother must be doing something that is the most high's work and his deeds to have another from another nation excuse me, another individual who appears to be from another nation to confirm you are you are the destined one to be the lawgiver. You are of the nation of Israel, you are of the tribe of Judah. Now, if this if this man who has never met our our Aliasam Akramia is confessing to Akramia that he is one of a great rank, being of the tribe of Judah that has a great responsibility. And if he's saying that unto our dear brother, and our brother is taking those words in great love, then why is it? Such an issue when we are people share this love to our own people and they refuse to hear this word. No, I hope this is something that the people can ponder upon and look into it deeply because the whole world, regardless if you don't like the world or regardless if you don't like the people in the world, the whole world knows that we are God's children of the house of Israel. you. That's beautiful, brother. I want to add something else on the record as to what he told me, what Ramya told me, because Brother Andrew kind of um, spoke on the character of Ramya. And Ramya has a beautiful spirit. When you get to know him, when you you meet him, he's he has a very beautiful spirit. But not just that. This Persian Iranian said that he was willing to share this information with Ramya because he recognized he was a good man. Now, that's very, very, very important. Barclay, the floor is yours. Assalamu alaikum. Yeah, for for me, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's welcome news. Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure the brother didn't think that he would have that kind of encounter upon rising this morning but you know i gotta i gotta say you know from a peripheral standpoint just hearing it secondhand you know it's got me excited so i can imagine what he felt like being you know uh 
principal party to that to that dialogue. You know, with you even bringing that up, brother, it just kind of brings me back to when I first uh, spoke with you um, and, and noticed you on, on my intent to uh, to petition for uh, admittance to the nation. And we were getting down into some questions and answers, so many things that would, you know, really open up my awareness. And, uh, you know, you, you told me, uh, you know, that I was Judah. And I was like, uh, you know, well, how do you know that? Uh, and, you, and your response was, because you don't know. <laughs> and uh, at that point in time, you know, I didn't, I didn't really comprehend it. You know, I just, I just, you know, took, you know, what you were saying and uh, took the information that was uh, in front of me and, you know, sort of reasoned with it. And the thing is, is that, uh, you know, all praises to the Most High that, you know, I've been able to be steadfast on this journey. And because of that, you know, certain facts, you know, um, evidence, you know, has just been, um, you know, poured into my, uh, my consciousness and my path. So, you know, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, the, uh, you know, I think the most significant thing about this is, is that, you know, it's been said before, but it's very true that everybody knows who we are but us. Everybody knows. So I can imagine like if this guy was, if this guy had a window into the said conscious community and he saw some of the antics uh, that that are, uh, you know, played out, you know, and expressed in, in these uh, alternative schools of thought, I, I got to say he probably would be shaking his head, you know, because it, it's apparent. As a parent, you know, he, he's, um, you know, just as the brother stated, he's required to know. And I got to be willing to bet that, you know, he's not uh, the only uh, nationality, nationality uh, on this planet that has a requirement uh, based on their rites of passage to actually know these things. You know, it's just, you know, being over here in America, um, a lot of information is compartmentalized. You know, it's kept uh, to some degree. It's uh, it's hidden. But, you know, even more than that, I think that, you know, our people, for various reasons, you know, they, they, they want to subscribe to anything other than that which uh, puts you in a position to to know yourself and know, excuse me, what your obligations are. You know, and that's pretty much what it boils down to. You know, if, if, if you're subscribing to these alternative schools of thought, you can continue to feign ignorance um, and continue to bellyache about what your condition is when the, the, the sheer simplicity of just acknowledging uh, facts that are irrefutable, that are not uh, open for debate, just in doing that, you know, that brings you to a place of, of clarity.
so that we can, you know, stop stalling and, and stop delaying and, you know, start executing on the uh, the protocol that's been in place for thousands of years. You know, as, as my brother E.K. Uh, said earlier, you know, you uh, transgress, you atone for a period of time, the most high grants you a relief, and you go govern yourself. You know, it's not it's nothing to really think about. It's nothing to, to deliberate on. You know, that's the charge, you know. And with this uh, evidence, I mean, again, you know, first time meeting, you know, this guy has no uh, incentive to broach that subject um, in a in in a uh, intent to uh, deceive or to mislead, you know, and I just think that's just a beautiful thing, um, you know, where you can have some independent verification of, you know, the same thing this nation has been in uh, preaching since what 2010 2011. I think it's just a beautiful thing, brother. I yield with that. All praises to the Most High Almighty. And before we start today's topic, I want to say one more thing about this. You know, your father and your grandfather, if they are, if they are alive, just follow me here. If they are alive, they've had lives outside of you, before you, without you having any knowledge of what they went through or have done, good or bad. That's very easy to comprehend. Well, they also had friends. They also most likely probably had conscious enemies. But they had people that they know that are most likely of different bloodlines and nationalities because you don't live on this earth particularly in the western hemisphere and not come in contact with someone of a different nationality bloodline or otherwise than you now this is just common sense so let's say one day one of the friends of your father and one of the friends of your grandfather that you've never met in your life see you, remember you when you were a child, knows your name, and knows all these things about you that you can't even remember about yourself. And they tell you who you are. And you are in denial. That's where our people are today. Anyway, today's topic, it is kind of relative to what we are speaking on in a way. Today's topic is where is the love, positions of the faith, where is the love? We were speaking, uh, I believe this was yesterday, in the three of us, and, um, well, yeah, and it just hit me as we were speaking on 
go to the sick, as the Christ is commanding the disciples. Go to the sick and heal them, right? So what hit me was, let's say you're diagnosed with cancer, and you go to a physician, and the the physician is angry with you because you have cancer. Now, I'm not saying that part of the reason you have cancer is not part of your fault, but are you going to that physician for healing and love and concern and attention, or are you going to that physician to get cursed out about all the things you did wrong? that gave you the cancer. It's important to view this and comprehend this. If you call yourself representing the Christ and you're going to people that are sick and they particularly are of your own people and you are looking to them to be your physician, your spiritual physician, your psychological, mental physician. And they have a mean and nasty and arrogant and egotistical demeanor. If that was a a doctor of medicine in today's world, in the Western world, you would go to another doctor. That's common sense. Well, what do you think happens when you are out there misrepresenting the Christ with your arrogance and your mean-spirited behavior, misdirected, at the wrong people, but just overall, even if it wasn't misdirected at the wrong people, overall, who wants to reason with somebody like that when they're seeking healing from you? I hope you're understanding what I'm getting at here. Mr. Lynn, the floor is yours. Thank you for that. Yeah, the scriptures say that, you know, loving with loving kindness have I drawn thee. And so, you know, playing on that example, you have a combative practitioner of whatever. You know, in this case somebody that is uh you know, actually trying to offer uh some service or some uh concern that is designed to be of a healing nature, um, I think it's imperative that awareness of that situation uh, be first and foremost uh, in that individual's mind. And, you know, from a standpoint of uh, professionalism, from a standpoint of uh, adeptness, and mastery 
you have to keep in in front of you, okay, what is my real objective here? Like so many times, uh, you know, we see. Like so many times, uh, we see, you know, individuals uh, that are going out and they're trying to do a work for the Lord. You know, they're trying to, you know, operate in a, a fiduciary capacity. Uh, you know, from an emotional standpoint. You know, from a mental standpoint, and dealing with our brothers and sisters. You know, a lot of times it can be a challenge, you know, when you're trying to uh, convey certain points. You know, you're trying to communicate at a higher level. But the thing is, is that it's a a real mark of one's maturity when you're able to uh, keep your objective in front of you, you know, first and foremost. And understand that the virtues of the Christ, you know, not so much, you know, the word, you know, not so much, you know, what you're seeing uh, in the scriptures, but being able to do what the Christ did as far as being a living, breathing example of a particular type of conduct, that speaks volumes. You know, and in a lot of cases, you know, like I've I heard somebody say this um, some years ago, and it just always uh, stuck with me. Um, and I, and actually, come to think of it, I know who said it, it was uh, it was actually, believe it or not, a, a Christian uh, bishop, um, and I forget his forget his name, but he said, uh, "More is caught than is taught," meaning that we learn more from what we see than from what we consume from a standpoint of information. So, you know, the whole point is, is that the conduct can do a lot more to convey your uh, sincere intent than, you know, just offering someone lip service, you know, like the, the scriptures say, uh, you know, they draw close to me, and I'm paraphrasing, they draw close to me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. You know, it's, it's uh, you know, again, it's a mark of maturity. Um, it is a, in, in my opinion, it is a true uh, sign of sincerity, you know, and concern when you can go into a situation understanding what the deficiencies are, um, understanding that, you know, you may be dealing with somebody that is compromised in any in any number of ways and still be able to uh, maintain a degree of self-control and uh, professionalism in addressing their concerns, you know. Um, I'll yield with that, brother. Praise the Lord, Archandrew, floor is yours. Yes, Lord. Yes, you know, um I think I think the issue a lot of times is is the fact that we as a people 
we travel along, going along in our own journey, seeking to find answers, you know, to questions that can't be uh, uh, um, properly explained. We don't even, a lot of times we don't even know how to formulate the word for the question to really get the answer that we want. And we are looking to answer how come I'm not getting the love that it is that I feel I deserve. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times we don't even know love, you know. So sometimes we're, we're, we're out here trying to just fit in so that we can be able to share the love that we have. And at times when we feel disrespected and we feel that there ain't no love over here on this side, we just say we become we become cold to the world. That when a brother is trying to show us love, we might start to think he's hating. And we start to conjure up in our own mind, this man's a hater. This man wants to rob me. This man has, we start putting negative upon these things that we see, and we're only doing that because we don't comprehend. And at times, that, that same thing that we might tend to identify as hate from, from, what the, from the, the love of the brother that the brother is trying to show unto us, it's not hate, but it's true love. Certain people might call it tough love. And that's the type of love that our, 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 our brothers need in this day and time because this world is a cold world. It's a cold world. But the love of the Most High is real. You know, it's most definitely real. And once we as individuals isolate our minds from the foolishness and the corruptiveness and the destructible things that is separate us from the Most High. The love of the Most High becomes that warmth. And we're able to make note and see the love of the Most High within our, even our own enemies at certain times. Because many times our own enemies be operating in a manner that they operate because they themselves can identify what that love is, which they perceive to be hate. I'm not telling you to love your enemy, but what I'm saying is love of the most High is real. Don't take it to be no counterfeit. Don't think it's no phony. So we just got to put our, listen with our, listen with our ears. We have to hear with our heart. Are you? Praise the Lord. Aki K, floor is yours. Shalom, yes, sir. Thank you for that. Uh, I just wanted to share two scriptures with the brothers and sisters. Um, This is from Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 13, and it states, For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And another scripture is one of the says from 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, it said, If a man say, I love God, 
and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? So, you see, when doing this work of the Christ, you see, the concept of love that he was embodying is we have an obligation to heal our people through encouragement, through physical means by way of medicine, um, and just overall just being a good spirit to our family members, friends, relatives, you know, people we come in contact with on a daily basis. You know, that love that you operate from a pure space, and yes, it's times where we've gone in our lives where we've been uh, mistreated or felt like we've been taken advantage of, and that may make us have a hardened heart, but the idea is we kind of have to look past that in a way because there's a greater work that has to be done because if we're here to help people and we claim that we love them, like our aunt, uh, Lynn was just mentioning about how people may use lip service to say I love, but their heart is not really coinciding with what they're speaking of when they say I love this brother, I love this sister, when they're doing stuff. It kind of shows after a while, you know. So this is why it's like doing ministerial work of any kind of sort, of any sort, or even just just being there for your friends and family members, whatever the case is, you do it from a space of compassion, understanding that perhaps maybe you just don't want them to suffer. Like you just hate the fact that they're suffering, that you know what, since I have an ability and the capacity to do something for them, I can do it. So that's no different than what, Yeshua, a.k.a. Jesus, was doing for for our people, essentially. Here we have a people where we've been lost for so long, and we've been brokenhearted, you know. We've been misled. We've been, you know, induced with disease, you know, mental, physical, and spiritual disease. And there were people that hated his guts because he's here to help them. But at the same token, there were people that really needed his help. And seeing as though he had the resources readily available, does he not in the position because he has these resources, does he have to be like he's better than them? A person like he's better than them, like you must worship me because I have the means to make you feel better? You can't operate like that. He didn't operate like that. So it's no different when we go going on in the world when we're doing things for people, we have to carry that same mentality almost. And, yeah, it's going to be difficult at times because, yeah, you know, people may have disappointed you in the past, but that's what makes you much more of a strong individual, to love more, that there are people out there that do need that love, that do need that compassion, that do need that, that understanding, like, yeah, there's somebody that still cares at the end of the day because that's really what it comes down to. Do people really care? Do people really, really care? 
And it shows whether people are doing it for attention or people are just really doing it out of the goodness of their heart. You don't have to brag about it. This is why Jesus mentioned oftentimes, like, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. You know, like, don't let the world know what you're doing all the time. You know? So you don't have to advertise that I'm doing good works. It's going to show through your heart and through your actions and through your speech that is genuine. You know, so I think um, in general, you know, this is why in that scripture in First John chapter 4, if you love the Most High and hate your brother, you are a liar. And you haven't seen the Most High, right? But you love the Most High. But you see your brother day in and day out, but you can't love him or love her, love your sister. And that's the thing we got we to gotta grow to that mentality like, we have to do that despite the odds of being mistreated. But that doesn't mean we'll be a fool, but that just means that we have to have a little bit more compassion as we deal with our people that are you. Thank you, brother. And what's on my mind is the one that has become known as Jesus was very specific and how he spoke to people and whom he was speaking to in a particular way. You see him express passion. I believe this passion is probably misinterpreted as anger. As he walks into these temples, and sees that they're conducting commerce during a time where they shouldn't be doing that and in the place that they shouldn't be doing that. And he starts flipping tables over. Well, the passion that he had can be missed Um, construed as anger. But overall, that was the time where he specifically displayed that. Most certainly, he didn't go to the lepers or to the sick, those who were vexed with demons or what you would call, um, which would in reality be epilepsy or other things, you didn't see him go to them and, and be passionate in that way. You saw him display concern, attentive, attentiveness, love. So if you are going to be a physician of the faith, Where is your love expressed to your people? And that doesn't mean that you have to be mean and nasty towards people that are not of your nation either. But where is the love? Where is the real love? Floor is yours. Yes, sir. He healed the sick and he raised the dead. 
that's something that is uh, mis- misinterpreted a lot as well. Um, but I would say that, you know, in dealing with dealing with all of these things, and we have to understand that the whole point of this is to move ourselves individually as well as collectively back to a place of civility. The major barrier that I see, you know, even right now with many of us that, uh, you know, in our minds we're trying to take up, uh, you know, this charge as far as being uh, practitioners of the faith and being spiritual surgeons, so to speak. Um, A lot of times we get to be so uh, passionate about what it is we're trying to bring forth. In some ways, I think we it's very um, easy to become sort of self-righteous. You know, it's it's easy to uh, become, I would say, somewhat of a hypocrite because, you know, these scriptures are, for the most part, they are uh, self-healing, meaning that the whole purpose of, you know, these studies, you know, going through and, you know, being exposed to these truths is really, it's really supposed to mature you and bring you to a place of uh, improved uh, state of mind. And in coming to that place where you have an improved state of mind, you know, I, I think the the shining attribute that really manifests itself or it should manifest itself is humility. Humility and and thankfulness and just understanding that, you know, the most high, through the grace of the most high, I'm able to look back on what's behind me and be thankful that, you know, I didn't become lost in that, you know, and it should give you a degree of empathy when dealing with your brothers and sisters, because quite naturally, if you have a family member, you want what's best for your family member, you know, just just as you've matured to a particular place, a particular mentality, you know, you may be practicing you know, the the law, statutes, and commandments to whatever degree. You desire that for your loved ones as well. But again, just understand that the key word is loved ones. So it's sort of out of character for you to try to force people into into particular positions, not recognizing that, you know, as, as the brother priest has said in the past, oh, Eastern proverb, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. You know, and I've even seen, I, I remember, uh, you know, being a kid, uh, 
there being a, a, an image, Christian image, uh, where this this likeness of uh, Fija Borgier is knocking on a door, and that door symbolically means the door of your heart. And so, although I don't subscribe to the imagery, I, I get the point. You know, it's like eat the fish, eat the meat, and spit out the bones, you know. <laughs> but in understanding that, you know, we, we just have to understand that, um, you know, it's really, you know, the it, it, it's really a exercise in having oneself continue to grow to a place to where you recognize that there has to be a sowing before there can be a harvest. You know, and some seeds can be sown immediately. Some seeds, they take time to sow, you know. And, you know, again, in understanding that, I will say the, you know, the biggest um, thing we can do is show a degree of compassion for those of us that are around us that have not uh, yet come to certain realizations in this truth and not mistreat them because they're not at the place where we are. Again, with love and kindness, with loving kindness, uh, have I drawn thee. You know, and the funny thing is, is like, even in my own experiences, there are certain things that, uh, you know, I can say I've been given instruction on even in this nation as far as, you know, how do you deal with people that are outside of you, that are outside of our body, but they're also outside of your state of mind. You know, they're, they're outside of uh, some of these uh, facts that are, you know, plainly evident to us, but, you know, to others, you know, they, they just don't get that perspective. And so, again, I, I would say the even in my own personal walk, the greatest success that I have had is in recognizing when there's a time to to plant and to nurture and having enough self-control to just sort of, you know, yield. That, that's the biggest thing. I mean, I, I see that, you know, in how we deal with one another, and it definitely works uh, works outside of one another. There's, a, there's another scripture that says, uh, train a child up in the way that he should go, and when he is grown, he will not depart from it. Well, I'll say, if you plant those seeds right, at some point, you're you're going to get a return. You know, it may not be immediate. You know, it may not be when you're expecting it. But if you're sending out, um, you know, the right energy, you know, if you uh, have the proper uh, sincerity, clarity of purpose, um, you're going to see results. You know, it may not be in your time. It may not be, um, you know, immediate. But 
you know, that's where, you know, faith and persistence come in and understanding that, um, you know, the whole point of this, again, is nation building ultimately. Um, and I'll yield with that, brother. Praise the Lord. I can do the floor is yours. You know, as the brother ended off with the nation building, the scripture that came out to me was a scripture that Ak Ek originally mentioned. I'm just gonna reread it once more. Galatians 5:13. Ak Ek originally brought this on now. Very good scripture for brethren. Ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So a lot of times doing the right thing out of love means going against those that love you for who you are and for what you can do and you might even become hated, meaning that to do the right thing, and once you instill the right thing within you, with the love of the Most High, you're transformed to do things and to bring about things that are pleasing unto Him. But as the brother made mention, Lin was saying that when you have people that are not necessarily of the same mind frame as you, at times, it's going to come off as if what you're now gaining love for, they don't have no care of that. That doesn't mean you then start to hate them or you then, continue, or you then start to sh- not show them love. Or if they are doing things or speaking things or, 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 or looking at life, having hatred towards life or having hatred towards people in this world because of their skin color or because of how they talk, out of love, you're going to have to gain the strength from within and say, that those things are wrong. You can't be hateful towards people because they look different. And even though you know when you're saying those things to a friend, if that friend is stuck in their way, it's still your duty to be mindful that your friend is stuck in his way. So you're still going to have to reiterate that not in a hostile way or in a way where you're making yourself to be or come off to be better than the friend, but just pass on the word emotionally, emotionless. Just say the word in truth. And that's really what, 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 what true friend will do. A true friend is going to show love for you and keep the love real. A true friend is not going to be a friend for you when you have money. And then when you don't have money, the friend's gone, nowhere to be found. 
a true friend is going to be there through thick and thin, and they're going to show you that love, keeping it one buck continuously. They're going to show you that love, keeping it real, genuinely. They're going to show you that love from within. And the love from within is the love that the Mosai has put in his chosen people from before they were even born. That's something that we have to bring on out. But in order for us to bring it on out, we've got to look deep within. I'm going to read a few other scriptures. Um, it won't take that much time. This is Wisdom of Solomon 6, verse 17. But the very true beginning of her, her is being wisdom. But the very true beginning of her is the desire of discipline. And the care of discipline is love. And love is the keeping of her laws. And the giving heed unto her laws is the assurance of incorruption. And incorruption maketh us near unto the Most High, unto God. Therefore, the desire of wisdom bringeth to a kingdom. And I yield. Beautiful, brother. Brother E.K., floor is yours. Thank you for that. just wanted to extend the point that Brother Andrew was making about how, you know, there are people who may not necessarily, uh, who may have harbor hatred or animosity towards people who may not have the same skin color. And I find it very ironic how when we look at our condition as a people, particularly those of us who inhabit the inner cities, communities of North America, and we often, you know, succumb to crime, drug violence, and stuff like that, promiscuity. But who operates these shelters, these uh, hospitals, nurses, you know, who do you think is taking care of us when we're at our lowest points? There's someone that don't look like you. And it would be against our best interest to not acknowledge that because what if they, what if we're dealing with victims who just happen to be caught up in a, in a shooting incident? They get caught in the ambulance. Who do you think are the ambulance people taking you to the emergency room, reviving your life along the way? You see, love is not contingent upon the skin color. Love transcends that. You see, the doctrine that Satan will have us believe is, is coming from the Christian point of view, but nevertheless, that aside, it's the capacity of the action that that individual in question, whether they have a skin color different than yours or not, how is their conduct? Because a lot of times, you know, it's usually foreign nations that have to take care of our problems, our mess. They're the ones in these drug counseling programs, rehabilitation programs, 
They're the ones in the ERs, reviving your life, doing surgery for you, having to tell you, you know, news that you may not like about your diet, about your dietary, about your health, and all these different things. We overlook these things on a daily basis. Better yet, what about the government programs that are out there to assist victims that may be caught up in natural disasters or catastrophes? What about that situation? You see, we overlook the capacity of how far love goes. Because if that were the case, the whole inner city communities in all of North America would not be taken care of. If any one of these individuals get caught up in these negative situations, being drug abuse, uh, uh, homicides, and all these different things, should the ambulance uh, physicians say, because you're a quote-unquote black, therefore you should just let, let you rot in the street, bleed to death? Should they let you do that? For example... There's a story, if anyone's familiar with the former drug dealer, Freeway Ricky Ross, there was a reporter named Gary Webb who was fighting on this man's behalf on the fact that this man was caught up in a drug scandal that he didn't have no, that he didn't, he wasn't privy to. This is a Caucasian man that's sticking his life because he recognizes that there's a guy who was an Israelite that may not necessarily know the bigger picture of what the actions that he got caught up in doing with this drug deal. So he's trying to clear his name, help him clear his name, or at least give him shed light on why this practice of drug dealing in America is, is, is a catastrophe. But if he just saw him as just a black individual, black man, and said, ah, oh, that's his problem, that's his business. But he stuck his life on the line. He's no longer here. But he stuck his life on the line to do something like that. There's countless of people that do this outside of our skin color. You see, that's why I believe it was Paul that said it, that the Most High is not only the Most High to the Jews, but also to the Greeks and the Gentiles. So being that the Hebrew faith is a platform of government, it doesn't necessarily matter your skin color. You could be a brother or sister of the faith. We may not share the same bloodline, but fundamentally we share the same concept of love, which is ultimately what it really comes down to. So this idea that our brothers and sisters or even more so the brothers in the streets, with all due respect about White man, the devil, and, you know, anybody that's outside of us should be looked upon or frowned upon. I mean, come on. You know, like, that that got to stop. You know, because at the end of the day, that's conditional love. You know, love's supposed to be unconditional. That doesn't mean you mean you a fool. That don't mean that you're going to love your enemies like, like Andrew was saying. But it just means that you have a deeper understanding or comprehension of what it really means to really love universally, holistically. It's a spectrum. It's a broad spectrum. Daily, our daily encounters with people, like our brother Andrew often say, we have to be the enlightened light. So from that standpoint, you are operating from that light, which is going to obviously permeate through love, through your actions and through your speech. 
And that's ultimately what people gauge you on, is your conduct. Do you operate from a place of sincerity? And so that's really what it comes down to, and that's the path that Jesus was walking. That's why he was able to talk to so many different people in so many walks of life, because he didn't approach people like he's above them. I mean, if that would have kept, like, come on, this man knew the ancient secrets of why people are the way they are. If he was to operate that he had it figured out, well, I'm better than you, his mission would be a disservice. What's the whole point? You see, we can't, misrepresent, we can't misuse those things that are given to us as gifts to help other people. So operating from that space of love, understanding, patience, compassion, all those different things, general concern, like Brother Peter said, general concern of our people and just, quote, unquote, humanity at large, that there's an evil force working against us, that the only thing that can really combat that is love, and we often hear that many times. But that's really the case. That's really what we hear all of that through our discipline, as our things you brought out in the scripture. So that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day. And it's like, like I said, you know, I find it ironic how other nations have more love for us. I mean, just think of what just happened to our brother Ramia today. Somebody outside of, quote, unquote, his nationality recognized who he is. But here we have our brothers and sisters that can't even get along let alone know who you are. That's a problem. Did that man have to tell Rahamia that? But what did Rahamia show for that man to have that insight to tell him? It's because that brother was operating from a space of love. Okay? So that's why he's able to tell him that. So this is a bigger subject that we have to really investigate thoroughly so we understand the work that is really required of us to be real servants of the most high almighty with that are you all praise to the most high almighty and we thank the heavenly father for allowing us to have this experience today thank you all for listening peace and blessings judy was boring hello then judy discovered chumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy the chumba life is for everybody so go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.